When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Wolverine Podcast. I'm John Borton, and boy, do we have a fun one for you tonight. Obviously, we were talking about this just before we went on the air. It's a huge week in Michigan football, the week after Ohio State and the second straight win over the Buckeyes, the week before the Big Ten Championship game. And I am going to talk about all of that with a couple of guys that uh, are – incredible veterans of Michigan football, know it backward and forward. You know uh, a regular, Tom Crawford, who uh, I thought just might uh, engage in some fisticuffs on press pass on (laughs) Sunday night with Rico Beard. Uh, They were getting a little fired up, but uh, you know Tom, he gets fired up. And this other gentleman, uh, you know, needs zero introduction because he's been around Michigan football forever as a player as a broadcaster as a host of uh of uh michigan football's coaches show for the longest time jim brandstatter great to have both you guys with us well it's great for me to be with you john and of course tom crawford tom is one of my favorite people one of the most uh courageous people and that he is a michigan man in the middle of the of the enemy territory in East Lansing and Lansing area. And believe me, if we wanted somebody on that wall, Crawford's the guy we need <laughs> on that wall. Uh, <laughs> hey, John, so I go out to my mailbox about an hour ago, and I pull out from the Lambda chapter of Beta Theta Pi at the University of Michigan uh-huh. an article about Jim Brandsetter, a voice of Michigan football, brotherhood, and sports broadcasting. Jim and I were in the same frat, if you will, uh, Jim, a few years ahead of me when football players were allowed to join a fraternity until Bo put the snuff on that, though, right, Jimmy, after he came in? That how worked much. out? Yeah, pretty much. He wanted uh, – he wanted, although we did live off campus my senior year, but he was – he wanted to know where you were. He wanted West Quad and South Quad. Yes. Uh, so he could send his assistant coaches up there, make sure that you were out of bed and going to your 8 o'clock astronomy class. Oh, yes. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Well, speaking of the stars, we had plenty of them in the galaxy oh. down in Columbus on Saturday. I mean, that game was just amazing. It, to me, I've been going down there. You know, I, I'm not as veteran as you guys in terms of Michigan, Ohio State. Well, I've been watching it probably just about as long, but uh, I've been going down there since 1992. And this, I've seen three wins, believe it or not, in that time. And this, I, I have to say, 
was the best uh, in overall performance, given what they were up against, everything else since over those years. My question to you, Jim, is you go so far back in this rivalry. Give us an idea, some perspective. Where does this win and the way it came about rank in the in the galaxy of times that Michigan has gone down to Columbus and gotten the job done? I, I can think of four games in Columbus. Well, four games in Michigan, Ohio State rivalry. Uh, 69, obviously, when I played in it, and Ohio State was considered the best college football team ever assembled. Sure. And they came into Ann Arbor and we beat them. And then uh, Lloyd Carr uh, beat an undefeated number one ranked team in Columbus, but Ty Streets scored a long touchdown on Brian Greasy's pass. Michigan was way heavy underdog in that one. I'm not sure that year. 94, 95, something. 96. 96. Yeah. And then last year and this year, uh, those four games, and, and, and again, two of those are in Columbus, which kind of puts an asterisk by them. But last year and this year, uh, I think are the four of the last, uh, call them 40, 45, 50 years. Those four games, I think you can put an asterisk by all of them. They were special. And, and, again, I don't know what why. Maybe it's because of the environment and what surrounded the game and uh, all of the press and the talk leading into it. Oh, but sure. clearly uh, this, this game this past weekend, John and, and Tom, to me it epitomized what Michigan football is all about. It's about team. I mean, this group, not just the players, but the coaching staff, Jim Harbaugh is the head coach, all of those guys. I mean, every one of them had a – a moment in that game. I mean, obviously the stars were Donovan and JJ and some of the others, but re- the reality of life is this was such a team. That, that's why I'm so proud of these guys. I, yeah. I, I'm bursting because it's about the team. It's about these 90 guys that, that banded together and just said, no, you're not going to beat us. We are going to do what we do and we're going to impose our will physically. And we're going to be the better team in your own backyard and good luck, but that's the way it's going to be. I, I just – this was a special game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Jim Harbaugh, at his very best with the media on Monday, did an excellent job of detailing some of the, the unsung heroes and guys that, you know, that stepped up in that game. Tom Crawford, how about you? Where 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 does this rank in your, uh, in your history of Michigan-Ohio State games, especially the ones down in Columbus? Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I was at uh, at State Stadium in Maine for in Jim's sophomore year, twenty four twelve. I mean that that's almost in a you know the Minnesota Vikings were projected to lose to Ohio State that year. If oh, you remember right. that, I mean it was that that kind of a Titanic team. That that was kind of by itself because it was such a huge upset. But I'll tell you what, that ninety six game which I was at, and uh, the Ty Streets touchdown so similar, North going south. Uh, Touched a big play in the game to turn the game. The, actually, the CJ second one I thought was as big as the first one. That that that's right up there. And then I want to go back. I want to go back to uh, twenty-two nothing in nineteen seventy-six because oh, yeah. Michigan had a hard time beating. Uh, Bo had a hard time beating Woody for three or four times in a row, and finally, in, mm-hmm. it was zero-zero at halftime. And and Michigan did not complete a pass in the entire game, and so they did it Bo's way. They beat. Ohio State twenty-two to nothing, uh, and Russell Davis had a big game. Ricky Leach and 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 Harlan Huckleby. Rob Lytle actually scored the final touchdown. The late Rob Lytle. That was that was a special special win. 
I remember that one so well. I mean, that was, uh, I was in high school at the time and uh, that was just made such an impression. The way they pulled that off. I remember the two point conversion. I remember uh, yeah. so much about that game. The, the one that, the thing that got me about this one, and I, I just, I, I look at it and I think, had you told me before this game, okay, you're not going to get what you usually get out of Blake Corum. He's just not going to be able to go. You, uh, you, you're going to rush for 10 yards in the first half. You're going to have Donovan Edwards after several games out of the lineup playing in a cast, and you're going to complete 12 passes on the day. And the other guy, C.J. Stroud, is going to throw for well over 300 yards. You ask me, do they win this game before the game? I said, I don't, I don't see it. How about you, Jim? <laughs> That's why I call it the great team win. I mean, the, uh, you look at those stats, and you're right. If, if after the game, but you also look at the fact that you know at halftime, all those numbers. Tom gave the numbers too. They ten yards rushing. Well, there was no panic. You didn't sense that Michigan was never out of control of this game. JJ was struggling a little bit early, but there there was never a thought from anyone in there, at least on my side of 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 what I could perceive watching the game on television, that there was any panic or any thought that this game wasn't ours to be had. And in the second half, they just imposed their will. And 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 yeah. and I agree with you that the numbers don't look good when you look at them, but but when you really look. And what they did defensively, they pushed C.J. Stroud off his spot. He isn't nearly as good a thrower as when he – he made one miraculous throw uh, to Harrison for a touchdown. That was that was Stroud and Harrison at their best. Uh, but everything else, the Michigan defense took them out of their game on third down. They didn't get many third down plays. Uh, they didn't let them hurt them on special teams. And Ohio State was the team that self-destructed and was not poised and they had the penalties late in the game. They unraveled in the second half. For a home team, that's not supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen to the road team. So when you look at the stats, but then you put that other, the intangibles, in into the Michigan performance, that, that to me spells victory. And uh, God bless them all. I mean, like I said, Jim was great. They, that was a team win. Uh, and, and you can talk about it, but – Mikey Sainristel, uh, the play he made in the end zone was just unbelievable as a defender. But, play the game. But remember this. Last year at home, he caught a diving pass that set Michigan up for a score to help them get up on top. Here he is a year later playing defense and making maybe the play of the game defensively. Yeah. That's, that, that, that tells you uh, – that speaks volumes about this team and these kids and their commitment to Michigan and getting better and winning football games. No doubt about it. Those will definitely go into the uh, video files of one Mikey Sainra still. Tom, your take. Well, you know, when we had Jimmy Morris on last week, I mean, you asked me uh, what was what was the keys to the game, and we all went through the, the normal stuff about O-line play and D-line play. But I, I went back to the, t- the downhill running ability of J.J. McCarthy. You know, he to me as a Michigan football historian, he's got a little Bob Timberlake in him. He's got a little Dennis Franklin in him, Denard Robinson Jr., Drew Henson. Um, he is, but he is so tough. And I'll tell you what, in the red zone on that on that north end zone 
on that keeper and, and, and throwing his shoulder into that safety, that told me that this dude is special. He is going to be in New York next year for the Heisman vote I, or for the, for the announcement. I can assure you this guy is a special guy. This is where I got in this argument with Rico the other night, John. That's why it all stemmed back to that <laughs> yeah, McNamara yeah. nonsense, okay? But I, I just thought he was he was brilliant in this game. And then one other thing, Donovan Edwards, okay, he's got a cast. He can't even stiff arm with the, with the – he's carrying with his left hand, and he, he can't even stiff arm with his right. He's got a cast on it. And I swear to God, I thought I saw Tony Bowles out there. But he runs upright like Tony Bowles, who, in my opinion, had not gotten hurt. He would have been one of the greatest running backs in Michigan football history. He looked like a, a horse, like a racehorse going down that. What a beautiful sight that is. Those, I, those I two agree. things stick out in my mind. I agree with that, Tom. And one other thing about J.J., everybody before the game, and I'm sure you said this, Michigan's got to throw the ball downfield. J.J.'s yeah. got to be that guy. J.J.'s got to hit some passes. da 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 We heard all that. Okay, first half it doesn't happen except for the, the big pass to mm-hmm. CJ twice, but mm-hmm. he answered those questions. Yeah. And he threw the ball. He can throw the ball. The one he dropped into uh, Colston uh, Loveland. Was oh, that was, that, was, that was in a trash can. What a dime yeah. that was. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, that was- and Ohio State didn't adjust well, but J.J. answered the bell. To your point, Tom, it wasn't just the running and, and his ability to make the decisions that beat you with his feet. But the, the, he answered the question that everybody in the country was right. asking. Michigan, right. I don't know whether they can throw the ball downfield. Yep. I don't yep. think they've got that. I don't think J.J.'s got that. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a what a performance by J.J. McCarthy. What an answer, as you were saying, Jim. And those two passes look to have some of the most touch I've seen out of J.J. McCarthy. The second one to C.J., the uh, the one to Colston Loveland, uh, put a little more air under it, floated yep. it down there just perfectly. And that showed that was something that you were looking for. And, man, if he didn't do it at the very biggest moment. And I was talking to Doug Karsh, the uh, successor to the great Jim Brandstatter behind <laughs> the mic at Michigan, uh, just yesterday. And he said – I thought the toughest pass that he made was the very first touchdown pass to CJ because two guys break free on the right. blitz, come flying there. He didn't even he threw to a spot to yeah. just get rid of it, and then uh, and then uh, Cornelius Johnson makes the unbelievable play to uh, to catch it, shed a tackler, and then uh, another one really as he was moving down the sideline to break away. So just a, an amazing performance by uh, by JJ. And on that play, go to the tape if you if you can on the CJ touchdown where he breaks the tackle and you're Doug's right. JJ was staring down two guys right yeah. in his grill, and he got to a spot. CJ made the catch, but if you look at that play, watch the slot on the right. Roman Wilson, he is running down the middle of the field, absolutely wide open. There is not an Ohio State within twenty yards of him. If if, if JJ would have seen that. He could have thrown a lollipop up right down the middle of the ashes, and Roman could have waited like a punt, caught it, and run into the end zone. Ohio State defensively lost both of those guys on one play. C.J. made him pay, but Roman could have scored too. But that that covers zero and and, and multiple blitzes up the middle. Covers zero. I mean, that is a dicey, dicey defense that Jim knows through him. Jim, weren't you surprised? that Ohio State went that route virtually the entire game, including on run plays in the second half with Donovan Edwards. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I remember I learned a lesson from Schembechler years and years ago. 
Uh, he used to tell me, he says, don't ever run goal line, which is basically cover zero, yeah. out in the middle of the field. Because <laughs> if you do, you're going to give them an opportunity to go the distance if they break the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And twice Michigan broke the line of scrimmage, twice Ohio State paid. And, again, I think a poor choice. You've got to have a safety back somewhere to stop that big play. And uh, Ohio State chose not to do it, and Michigan chose to go ahead and exploit it. <laughs> And the guy that took advantage twice for 75 yards and 85 yards was Donovan Edwards, who we didn't know how much he could do in this game before we actually saw him go out there. He has the cast on the right hand. There's always a concern about how tightly can you grip the ball? What? How can you cover it up? And yet here was... Donovan Edwards, as a sophomore, breaking into a different stratosphere. You know, J Jim Harbaugh on Monday went down a, an entire litany of guys that could have yeah. been this way but weren't, could have had an attitude but but didn't. And he said of, of Donovan Edwards, he could have taken a knee and not been, been in that game. Instead, he plays and uh, becomes a legend. And I, I just – I think that uh, he's right. If you do it in Columbus in that game, I'm, I'm still talking to, to Jamie Morris about 86. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's a good one. He'll be remembered in that same way. There's no question. It's the old story. <clears throat> the big game, the big stage, and how do you perform? Well, J.J. and Donovan certainly performed extremely well. And I'd like to throw in, uh, Oluwatimi at the uh, at the center position. Oh my like word! Throw in Zach Zinner. I'd like oh, to throw in huge. all those guys. Barnhart, uh, everybody. They Hayes. I mean, they were just the Keegan. They those guys in the second half just controlled the football game. And defensively up front, we did the same thing. I mean, the, the, their offense. They get three points in the second half. It's a beautiful day. It's the, they got nothing to blame, you know. I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous day to yes, play. Yes, yes. And 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 I'm sorry. Don't blame the snow today. No. That day, you're at home. You've got all of your guys there, and uh, Michigan's defense just on every turn had an answer. And and again, goes back to you know unsung guy. How about Minter, our, our defensive coordinator? Oh, oh yeah. my word, Jesse Minter. I mean, Jesse has been absolutely on on top of it. And how about our secondary? And Klinkscale, the job he's done with, yeah, with yeah. Uh, you know, with DJ Turner and, and some of those guys, Rod Moore. Rod Moore was Rod, Rod Moore was phenomenal in that game. He was, he was everywhere uh, in that game. And linebackers could absolutely fly sideline to sideline. I got to go, go back to a little bit of how you learn what you where you have to be to compete at the national level. When Michigan played Georgia, they saw what Georgia could do. Yeah. And Jim Harbaugh came back and said, "You know what? We need to be like them." We need to have that. No, we need to have our guys have the ability to uh, my 230 pound linebacker go outrun their running back to the sideline and stop him for a gain of one instead of a gain of five. And you yes, saw sir. a play go wide on third down where uh, we had uh, Junior Colson out running to the sideline. That's that's something that you when you want to get to the top, and this is what I think Jim has done when you want to get to the top of the mountain. Who's up there now? Find out what they're doing, and we're going to do the same thing. And I think he's done that with this team. He's modeled them and gotten them to the point where they can compete physically with, with, with some of those guys that are at the top of the mountain now. 
He has also uh, overseen the greatest position switch since Steve Hutchinson went from defensive line to offensive yeah. line Jeremy back Nellis. in 1996 with Mikey Sainra still going from uh, offense to defense and, and single-handedly stopping two Ohio State touchdowns in the end zone, flicking the ball away. Tom, your thoughts on, on what uh, Michael did? Uh, he, he's, he's a phenomenal young man. I mean, he's so humble as well. But, you know, I – this defense reminds me not to go back to the old days of Jim Brandstetter in the 69. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, you remember those Michigan defenses where everybody met at the football. Oh, absolutely. And this, th this team was not like that a few years ago. It was more open field, one guy. But Michigan swarms quite a bit on this defense. And every and also, I, I've noted that they are a really good open field tackle team. Uh, Michael Barrett is a he had some great hits in this game and I've been looking at linebacker as you know and Junior Colson has been kind of hot and cold here and there at earlier parts of the year in the middle part of the year but that that second level has stepped up for for Michigan so I this is a really good tackling team you got a good tackling team then you don't have you don't have chunk plays evolve out of plays that should be going six yards instead of they're end up going 26 or 36 yards so that's the, that's a real standout element to me when I look at this defense. I, I couldn't agree more. And one other quick point, uh, and I'll get away, but remember who they lost. They lost Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. They lost Jack Hill. Yeah. They lost Jack Hill. And they did not play with Nikai Hill Green this year. Exactly. So let's give Mitter some credit of plugging in these athletes in these spots, and these athletes stepped up big time. And I'm it just – yeah, I, Will, I'm just uh, amazed at the job they've done. And, and Will Johnson is earning that number two jersey. Oh, I'm thinking no. right now, don't you think? <laughs> glad, you, glad you brought that up. Will yeah. he, he? And even Woodson said it. I think on one of the pregame shows or green, he says uh, he's wearing number two for a reason, and he's doing a pretty good job. <laughs> and when Woodson says that. Uh, yeah. Will Johnson better have that tape somewhere. <laughs> exactly, no doubt about it. And and it wasn't like. Ohio State didn't gain any yardage in this game. I mean, like I said, Stroud right. threw for a lot of yards and put Michigan in some pressure situations, and yet this defense was so opportunistic and so uh, refusing to cave, refusing to give up the touchdowns. You know, a couple early, and uh, but that in that second half, you had Sainra still coming through. You had uh, uh, the pressure. You had the uh, tip-aways by uh, Braden McGregor, Taylor oh, yeah, Upshaw with a, a <laughs> kind a of a forced shovel pass pick. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a, a uh, that refusal to cave in and and give up those touchdowns in the second half. And, and it's no secret, and it's no surprise that the two interceptions came when C.J. Stroud was pressured and moving around in the pocket. Yes. That was pressure. Now, he didn't get a lot of pressure as the game went along. He got most of his sack. I think it was only one sack. But he got pressured, yeah. and he moved. He was off his spot. And two of those instances, he threw picks. And that is just because of the defense and their relentless you know, pursuit. Uh, even though they don't get home, they force that quarterback to look out the corner of his eye. Who's that coming? And we played without Mike Morris for the most part. Yeah. So, so add that to the mix of how well this defense played and how good this team was. Uh, from from one to thirty two on the roster chart, really really good game. I was down in the press box in Columbus, and they tell you right at the start of the game 
There is no cheering in the press box. They say it very in the sonorous voice and very serious. And you know that 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 is, I think, observed a lot of times. But in some places, it may get ignored a little bit more than than others. And uh, I was within close proximity to a couple of. Uh, of locals who were um, pretty giddy in the early going in that. And then, but, but as things went on, it was like, it wasn't just them. It was in that stadium. There was a shock that oh, began yeah. to set in it. They thought it was all going to go their way. They prepared for a year for this. They'd heard about the loss to Michigan. Well, wait till they come down to Columbus and your thoughts about as you saw that, uh, Jim, about just a, a, a shot coming over that stadium. Well, the thing that got me, and I'll kind of talk about it too, but what, what caused the shock more than anything was the fact that they sat there and said, we have no excuses. This, we're getting our butts whacked, and, and we can't complain we have. It's not the referees. Uh, we we got we got a bitter pill to swallow here because the other guys are better, and that more than anything, I think is is the worst thing an Ohio State fan can possibly stomach is yeah. to sit there and say Michigan's better. Well, guess what, Buckeye Nation, we're better. <laughs> and we proved it two years in a row. That I think is why there's that shock. Because they've always, you know, hey, we had bad weather. We had this. Our guys were yeah. This was yeah. that. Referees made a bad call. Da-da-da. <laughs> no. And I think that's where the shock factor came in, John. They yeah. have no excuses. Yeah. They, they just go. got their butts whapped. Yep. Tom, your thoughts as, well, it, as you saw it get to that point? Well, I, I think what happened is that this, this fan base is, uh, and it's cult-like down there. Let's just be real. I mean, uh, when you go to St. John's Arena before uh, a Michigan Ohio State game, they have a, or all Ohio State game, they have this pep rally, okay? And all the the Buckeye band is in, and they do Buckeye battle cry across the field, and all it's all scarlet and gray. So Brian Hartline, their wide receivers coach, is in there speaking to the crowd, mm. you know, and he's basically telling the fan base, "You want it? You we need you to be violent. You need you to be violent." I mean, he I use that I word. He use that word violent, you know. So I mean, that's how jacked up. Uh, and I, I thought that was inappropriate to be quite honest with you, but that's, that's, you know, that's kind of the way it is down there. Um, but I, I think that the expectation was this was their birthright to win this game. And Michigan was not going to beat Ohio state two years in a row. This was an aberration. We got them at, we got them in the shoe, uh, where they get intimidated. We got 95% of the fan base here or at the stadium. Uh, not much amazing blue there. Unlike what it is in Ann Arbor in reverse. And I, I, I think there was shock. I think there was first anxiety uh, in the third quarter, kind of that nervous uh, quietness, like what's going on here. And then we saw the faces. I mean, they were overwhelmed, and it was a wonderful, wonderful sight to see. And that's, by the way, Tom, I, you're right. It was wonderful. And again, they, they had no excuse. I mean, it was like you had to sit there and take it. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, no like scene, it's like that scene from uh, – uh, Caddyshack, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, and they have a chance to have a third next year in Michigan Stadium. Tom, uh, that all rolls into this question, and Tom, I'll start with you on this one. Um, what, how would you describe at this point the state of this rivalry? 
because it has changed a lot in the last two years. Well, when you look at the national narrative, when you've got people uh, that, you know, uh, it is shocking, the Paul Feinbaum's of the world, <laughs> people, Harbaugh haters and, and, and such saying, wow, this thing is, the script has been flipped, that this is Michigan's conference. This is, you, uh, the, the, the Big Ten Championship goes through Ann Arbor. I think when, you, when Michigan did it two years in a row, it's completely switched everything. And I think moving forward, when you look at the Michigan roster, and then you look at Jim Harbaugh, today gets named Big Ten Coach of the Year. Uh, Mike Morris gets Defensive Lineman of the Year. I mean, all the awards are coming Michigan's way. Recruiting is going to ratchet up. Um, I think I commend Jim Harbaugh because I think he changed his ways. Uh, I think he made some great hires. And uh, I think he changed his approach in the locker room. Uh, and the culture and from from what happened between 2017 and 2020 and now 21 and 22 he's knocking it out of the park and he deserves coach of the year and I, hey this is Michigan's conference right now and I don't think Jimmy's going to argue with Jim Branson is going to argue with me on that at all I don't think so no it's it's Michigan's conference without question and, and Jim Harbaugh is the uh the biggest bully on the block right now <laughs> yeah and, and and again I think you're right I think he's changed a bit in in the sense that and again, I think he's learned the one thing about Jim in all the years that he's been here, he he has been tweaking. You know, yes. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yes. I want to try this. I want to try it. He's not afraid to pull the trigger on right. the Don Brown thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, there were there were things he did that, you know, I got to get this better. I got to do this. And I give him all the credit in the world. That's not easy to do. No. And he's Changes done hard. and he's created this culture. Here and 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 those kids love him. You know, people out there call him quirky, and we've yeah. seen him do some things in press conference. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious at the end of the game that Jim walks over to Tom Rinaldi from Fox, right? Yeah, and, and Jim immediately brings over JJ. Oh, oh yeah, and then he runs. Yeah. Over. I know he's like Dave Babloff. He's taking over the sports information department directorship. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, was, that was so perfectly Jim Harbaugh. He's deflecting. He says, give it to the kids. I don't want any yeah. part of it. And yeah. he let Rinaldi interview the kids. But but he's changed the culture there. And 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 the kids love him. There was a great shot on Inside Michigan Football. Uh, the kids carried him in the locker room and were had him on his shoulders. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that shows you the, the kind of respect. And I think – and this is – and, again, I'm going to go back and say this. This is from a guy that in January supposedly – was going to go to the Minnesota Vikings, and yeah. everybody in the world was wringing their hands and yeah. saying, oh, my God, how can these kids possibly play yeah. for this guy? Well, kids are resilient, and kids know the game. Yeah. They, they're, they're in there going to the NFL after their junior year. They understand it. People sell these young men short. Yeah. They right. are really smart. Yeah, they're very they are smart. aware. They are uh, – you know, worldly aware of, of what coaches go through, what what's on their plate. And yet Jim took the, you know, uh, meeting at Minnesota, whatever, came back, said, that's it, signed a contract. And now, and now he's the talk of the football world. And, yeah, and who would said that was going to happen in January a year ago? <laughs> you know, Jim, I want to uh... – Chime in on one more thing about uh, you know giving praise to other people beyond there's that, himself. There's that, there's that picture of yeah, it, being carried in the locker room. Right, is the fact that he had all ten of his position coach. He gave he he called out all of his assistant coaches in that locker room 
and had all those players acknowledge the efforts of those coaches. Beyond the position coaches, I think the entire staff for that matter. But the yeah. clips that I saw, I mean, that that's what you want. That's true leadership. And 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 delegate, you know, allocating all the praise to others beyond yourself. And that's that's why he's at the sweet spot right exactly. now. Exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm glad you said it because he even called out Herbert. Their strength. Yeah, yes, exactly. At Yeah. It goes right back to my point earlier. I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back here, but it's about the team. Yeah. Shen Beckler said it way many years ago. But when you create that attitude where we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Herbert's in it with all the assistants, uh, with the last guy on the team to the biggest star of the group. If you're all in it together, you will all win and you will all benefit. And Jim has done that. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing to see. And I think that I'm more proud of that. Uh, as much as I am of the win and the and the championship of the East, we're still not done. we got to win the Big Ten. we got to go on and see go. what we're doing in the playoffs. But uh, – I'm just so proud of, of this team and how they conduct themselves and how they play. That that to me is that that's Michigan, and I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll put my hat behind them every time. Shem Beckler also said, "Those who stay will be champions." Uh, Jim Harbaugh and this group have a chance to be back to back Big Ten champions in uh, in just a few days. Um, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but before we do. I want to just set a little stage here. You've got uh, the guys that we've been talking about, J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards and Mikey Sainristil and Zach Zinter. And we haven't mentioned Jake Moody, but uh, he is certainly uh, up there and has been all year. These guys are going to be talked about 20, 30 years down the road uh, and the, the memories of these last two Ohio State games and of the uh, the last year's Big Ten championship and whatever will happen. And one of the, the things that happens around Michigan football is these things get preserved in very special ways. There'll be books written. There'll be all kinds of, uh, of uh, memories that come out of this. They'll have reunions. And one of the things that uh, is really special is that uh, I know Jim Brandstatter, you've gotten to uh, talk with so many players over the years and yeah. have great, uh, you know, your writings and your uh, and your the things that you've recorded. You are are uh, coming out with an audio book and uh, I have listened to a little excerpt from it uh, from the uh, from the colorful Kip Taylor to Forrest, <laughs> Forrest Evashevsky yes. talking about Tom Harmon and Dennis Franklin. I, I was so struck by him uh, talking about what Bo told him in terms of, okay, you are going to be a quarterback for Michigan now, and this is going to be very different. Uh, it's something that hasn't happened before. And, and it just – um, it was very, uh, it brought back so many memories and I know it's going to, for people that, uh, that want to get this, tell us about this project. I've done so many interviews over the years. Uh, you know, I did Bo obviously when he started, I started Michigan replay in 1980. So I did the show for 43 years, but along the way I had done interviews with older players with some of the great ones, uh, Forrest Abyshevsky. And, and I saved these interviews. They were on tapes. They were on mini discs and uh, here I am retiring. And I thought, what am I going to do with all that material? Because it should be utilized in some way. 
And I thought, you know, I may use them on Facebook and I'll do little vignettes with these. Well, I went out in my garage and they're 20 years, 25 years old. And I found them and I put them on, on digitized them. And I, I started doing that. I said, you know, this could be a book. I have the first guy that scored the, the first touchdown at Michigan Stadium, Kip Taylor, on tape. I, I, he was telling me about running down the field with Benny Oosterbein. I, I don't know anybody out there in any other football program that has that. And I thought, this is this is Michigan gold. So I've got to utilize it. So I grabbed all the old stuff I have from Forrest Evashevsky, Bob Chappius, Howard Weichel, uh, all the way up to Desmond Howard and Ron Simpkins, um, Kurt Greer, Ron Johnson, and, and some of those great moments at Michigan Stadium. And I did the interviews and I found them. I got some new ones. I found uh, a couple of Bo pregame talks that actually Cam Cameron taped in Bo's final year. And I was able to get those and put those in there. So the beauty of it is, and what you talked about, John, is to hear Dennis Franklin in his own voice exactly. say what Bo sat him down and told him, or listening to Bo talk about how bitter he was uh, on the 10-10 tie. Yeah, yeah. You can hear it in their voice. When you read it in the written word, it's okay. But when you hear the emotion and the passion, it jumps out the page at you. It just jumps. So I made this audio book called Voices of Michigan Stadium, and uh, I'm really glad I did. I, I never thought I'd get into be a historian, you know. Uh, <laughs> was, was really when I went to school, I wanted to be a broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, now I've become this kind of history guy. But, you know, I thought about that, and I said, you know what? If If it takes me – if that's where Michigan takes me, that I am going to preserve Kip Taylor, Tom Harmon, Forrest Ovechevsky, and Bob Chappius, Al Wistert, if, it, if that's what it takes, then I'm, I'm up for it. I'll be glad to do it because we need to remember those guys. We need to hear them because they're the foundation of Michigan football and the Michigan football tradition. Yeah. And, and we have the opportunity within this book to, to listen to them tell their stories. This is the, they are the building blocks that we all stand on today. That this 2022 Big Ten champion team, hopefully, if they win, they're, they're the foundation that this team stands on. And I'm, I'm the guy that's lucky enough to have the material so that we can hear them. And when, when we're done with this, I'm going to send the stuff over to Bentley Museum and I'm going to have uh, Greg Kenny take care of it and maybe put it in some kind of interactive display but I'm, I'm delighted with how it came out and i urge all michigan fans just to to hear the history of it to, to take a listen oh i can vouch for it just in the sample I, that i, I have heard yeah. voices of michigan stadium tell folks uh how they can get a hold of it jim <laughs> thank you john I'm, you're doing my job for me i'm not, <laughs> I'm not very good at this sales stuff you can go to jimbrandstatter.com and there's a link right there that you can click to get it or go to amazon.com and you can click on the link uh, to get the audiobook. There's also a paperback book that you can buy if you want. Uh, I think the better version is the, the audio. You got to go audio. I'll tell you right now. Go I, audio. I, agree. I agree with you. Uh, so they make the audiobook a little tougher to buy, but there is a little button down at the bottom right that says you can buy with one click without joining Audible. Uh, but if you want to join Audible, you can. But go to the audio, get it. It's uh, jimbrandstetter.com or 
uh, Amazon. There it is. There's the front page of the website. Hey, you bet. Hey, there hey, we go. Hey, hey John. You, and you, can get, and you can get the book. And I'm telling you what, if you got that deal where you plug your car into your phone, yeah. you listen to that driving down the road, five and a half hours, you will not imagine how fast the miles go by. Yeah, I'm 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 putting that in the car when I go down to Indy on on Saturday afternoon. I, I'm Good telling you, and I and I can't. I also think about this, Jim. I mean, timing's everything in life. You got a 12 and 0 team ready to go 13 and 0. I mean, it's Christmas around the corner. Is this like the perfect before the playoff? Yeah. I, for, I, I, for I, Christmas tree. Come on, if you can't for the, stuff up <laughs> for the Michigan fan in your home. Oh I my know, God. Yeah. I mean, I can I can be like that guy selling pillows from Giza. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, I never knew that I this started a year and a half ago. I mean, when I'm yeah. retired, I'm last yeah. January. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, when, how long it's going to be. <laughs> well, yeah. I got it done in April, and we worked through the process of getting it published. Da da da. And all of a sudden, they said, "Yeah, we'll be ready to go in October, November." Well, then Michigan's beat, winning all the games. And, and, oh, golly, it just happens to be the holidays. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's better to be yeah. lucky than good. Yeah. Go, buy a lot of, go buy a lot of ticket, Jim, right now after this. I, this I got two of them. I got two of them just now. <laughs> Speaking of driving down to Indy and of Big Ten championships, uh, we got to talk about that one before we're late in the fourth quarter here. And uh, so I, I would just say – uh, first to Jim, your thoughts about Purdue, about this matchup. I know anything can happen, but I also know that in the history of the Big Ten since it's gone east and west, uh, th there hasn't been a time that the west has taken down the east. Is this one more example of an elite team coming out of the east and taking on a, a team that survived the west? Well, I mean, clearly on paper, that's what it says. And I'll be real quick about this. Michigan, if they play their game, will win. But don't count anybody out. I mean, you look at South Carolina beats Clemson. Uh, you look at some of these. I mean, Texas A&M knocks off LSU, and LSU had everything going for it. Yeah, so this stuff can happen, okay? But here's the key, and I'm going to be very quick and let Tom go. They must rush the passer. they got oh, to get after yeah. that quarterback. Yes. They get him off his mark. He's going to throw some, uh, he's going to throw some mistakes. The other guy they got to stop is that Charlie Jones, the wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that came in from Iowa. Right. He's a he's good, big time man. player. You take those two things out offensively, I think they struggle. Offensively, Michigan, I think we got a, a great chance because I don't know where Blake would probably be there, but, but with the confidence offensively we're playing with after last week, I think we'll score. But we got to keep them from scoring. And those two players, their quarterback, get him off his spot, and that receiver, Jones, Get make sure you he doesn't beat you. It's the old Bill Belichick method. Don't let their best player beat you. Figure out how to stop it. Those two things, I think Michigan can prevail. There you go, uh, Tom. Your thoughts about yeah, the uh, big one? Mike Morse was just talking on Big Ten on Big Ten Live today about that they want this is a lick of the chops pass rushing opportunity because it's a pro style offense for Purdue. But Purdue is the spoiler makers, and we can go chapter and verse in decades past what they've done in upsets in Michigan's. That's been a victim of that. Bottom line, don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball. And I'm thinking that oh, uh, Purdue, you know, defensively, probably when they look at Donovan Edwards as a threat, they're going to try to strip the ball from him because that uh, that's just, he's a vulnerable target in that regard. I mean, he can't really cradle it that well. So, I mean, if they don't turn the ball over, 
and and and, and do, do pass rushing like uh, like Jim was talking about. I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. And don't forget this Purdue team beat an Ohio State team that was ranked number one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, two years ago. They're capable, yeah. and, yeah. and they, they they've got some athletes. So don't for a minute take them lightly. Don't take them lightly. I don't think this is the type of Michigan team that ever does that. You, they've been so focused all year. If the unthinkable happened, uh, most people still believe that uh, Michigan would be in the playoffs. Certainly Michigan is not going to depend on that contingency. Uh, even though it has the best win in college football this year, that would be at Ohio State. Uh, and they want to maintain at least that number two spot in the college football rankings. But uh, I know it's getting a little ahead of ourselves. If any players are listening, stop, turn your computer <laughs> off at this point, and, uh, and you guys talk about your, your thoughts of, as far as uh, Michigan's chances in after having gotten a taste last year at having a, a step up in success this year. Look, one of the things I saw last year when I was in Miami, we did the game. We were out on the field, John Jansen and I, doing inside Michigan football. And we saw after the game was over, everybody was gone. They were doing fireworks. J.J. McCarthy, Donovan, uh, Donovan uh, Edwards, they came out in their street clothes and stood yeah. there and watched the Hard Rock Stadium field and watched the post games and all this stuff and the Georgia players walking around. They get it. They understand this is where if we want to be here, we, we've got to do this. And, and I think they understand. So while the Michigan players are out there, if you're watching, yeah, be Purdue. That's your job. You've got to do that first. First and foremost, you don't play anybody unless you play Purdue and beat them. Then you can start thinking about it. And I think as you go forward and you start playing this what-if game, uh, I don't really care uh, about the idea that, what happens if no we're not going to be we're not going to have a loss okay yeah. Yeah. and and then it becomes who's three or four there you go because i think georgia if georgia wins they're one uh i think we're two then you worry about who's three or four and uh, a lot of that depends upon what happens this weekend in their conference championship games but usc yeah. would be formidable but i'm telling you right now this is just me football guy for a lot of years uh, the only two teams in, in in the field from top seven that play defense are Georgia and Michigan. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. You know, I'm gonna John, I'm gonna quote uh, you know, uh Jim Brandsetter's head coach at the University of Michigan, Bo Schemicker. It's all about winning Big Ten championships. You gotta go win the Big Ten championship. Yep. That's that's first uh, that's fundamental. Oh, mm -hmm. I would say that's fundamental. Okay. And and so you get that and then everything else takes care of itself, but you know, I I think they're in, and I and I don't like to think that would you know what's going to happen if, but but you want that number two seat because then you want to you know say George you know they Georgia probably win they'll probably get number one seat they'll probably get the Peach Bowl as the first choice that's fine let them go from Athens to Atlanta and all that good go out to Phoenix and 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 play USC I mean I, I like that matchup I think Michigan can move the football against USC and then and then against Georgia. You know, hey, hey, it's a one one game knockout. You know, anything can happen, and they they got a little taste of it last year. This is setting up pretty right now, in my opinion. No doubt about it. And guys, I'm telling you, we're out of time, but it has been <laughs> all kinds of fun tonight, and I knew it would be. Uh, you guys are great. I appreciate it very much, and just want to say thanks to both of you for joining us tonight. Hey, thank you, John, and thank you, Tom. I 
Tom's one of my favorite guys. Yeah. Whenever we see each other in East Lansing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and John, I've known you a lot of years. Uh, I was there when you started the Wolverine, man. Oh, man. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. long time ago. So uh, <laughs> thank you both very much. Uh, All right. This was, a, this was a kick for me, too. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. Okay. See you in Indy, baby. Yes, sir. Go Blue. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.